Welcome back to another episode of Level 99, podcast about all things tech-related. DevOps, cloud, automation, Linux, you name it. And this kind of just came out from what I did over the weekend, and I kind of wanted to share it with everyone. Those of you who are not in the U.S., we had a actually a long weekend this weekend. It was actually President's Day, so we got Monday off. You know, during the weekend, you know, I just went to Ikea, did some bunch of home stuff. But besides that, I really was, I have been really getting sick and tired of all these ads and all this stuff on my phone. Like every time I open up a browser, ads. Go on Facebook or Reddit, ads. I'm just tired of it. Especially when I'm trying to watch videos on Facebook. Every 10 seconds, another ad and another ad and another. I'm just sitting there like, Jesus, can I just watch what I want to watch? And unfortunately, with a lot of these apps, I don't have the full functionality to view or block these things. So I installed a ad blocker on my Raspberry Pi, and that would be a great conversation to have next weekend. But this weekend, I kind of want to talk about how I got there and what I used. And to be specific about it is to be a discussion on the Windows subsystem for Linux. Shocking, right? Like Windows has freaking embedded Linux host. I thought it was, I don't know, I completely nerded out. I got super excited and just went off the the deep end on it. So what is it, right? And about the ad stuff, I'll actually talk about that another episode because I, now I'm saying this out loud, I think that's going to be a pretty fun topic to get into. Anyways, sorry. For the longest time, and a lot of you might know this, is that in order for you to have Linux on your Windows machine, you would have to have a VirtualBox. Now, don't get me wrong, VirtualBox was really good and is still very good, but it is a very pain to kind of maintain and manage, especially for your personal environment. If you just want to get into something, see if you can break it and then just delete it after, it's the best thing for that. And most importantly, it's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. Actually, several years back when I was getting into, you know, VirtualBox, trying to get into Ubuntu and Kali Linux and all that jazz, the rite of passage for the most of us. I hated how I had to designate the amount of storage I wanted to give it, retain that, the copy and all that stuff. Because most of the time I would give it a lot more storage than I needed. And that was always a big pain. The Windows subsystem for Linux, it is just smooth. And it was such an easy process just to install. You open command line, you, you put in the command, it, you start installing, and then you just go into the marketplace, pick the flavor of Linux you want. It was literally that easy. I'm part of a Linux Facebook group. Literally every day, someone is asking, how do I install Kali Linux? Google it. I'm not trying to be mean, but like it's if you can't put in the effort to try and troubleshoot and learn these things on your own, no one's going to handhold you even especially once you get into the industry, you start working, you wanting someone to do the work for you is not really going to get you far. And it's kind of sad to see literally every day, everyone asking the same question over and over again. It's just go on YouTube, follow a few tutorials. It's not that difficult. And by you doing that, you getting that hands-on experience, you trying, you're literally obtaining a talent. You're actually obtaining a skill that is going to be very desirable in the workforce. And that is doing it yourself and figuring it out. That's something that's kind of hard, sad to say. It's not as common as you would think. Anyways, 
just wanted to get that off my chest but the windows subsystem for linux i remember hearing and seeing about it i think it was like a year ago or maybe more and i tried it and it sucked it was pretty bad and i think my an old coworker at my previous organization he actually showed it to me and we were testing it out and he wanted me to see if it was um how it was before they rolled it out for the company so i got in and i remember i couldn't even do the tab to complete uh function i couldn't something about the ssh wasn't working uh, a bunch of other like just native linux functionality just just sucked it just didn't work and i remember i hated it because they wanted to phase out all the macbooks and then give everyone these windows machines with the subsystem enabled actually over the weekend i read somewhere that in the fall or it was november it was like november december that windows did a refresh on this i was like you know what let me let me give it another shot don't get me wrong it's not like a full window it's not a full linux server or host but you know just for your average person it 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 does this job it's it's very good you don't need a virtual box that's a bonus you don't need to allocate a like a crap ton of storage for it second plus and just updating and managing it just so easy because there's been so many times where i would open my virtual box and it would just crap out on me i i just i would be so upset i would i just so up just words can't describe it like i set up my virtual box i had i'm all good to go i spent maybe like like, I don't know, like 30 minutes. Like, God knows how long I spent on it. Who knows? Then go to these meetups when meetups were a thing before COVID. Because I'd love to go to these, like, technical workshops, right? Super excited. I opened my laptop and it just crapped out on me. Just, 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 it was literally working like an hour ago. And then the whole thing just, just doesn't turn on. I'm just, ugh, so upset. Nothing infuriated me more than that. And this is why in the past, in my couple of other episodes, I was such a very strong advocate for Macs. Like that terminal on the on the Mac, so smooth, so smooth. Literally, there's nothing you can't do on it. And the fact that it's embedded into the system, and for those of you who might not know this, Mac OS is actually uh, built on a Linux-based platform. And that's why they have that terminal. Just literally anything you do accepts all standard Linux commands. It's just so smooth, and that's why I always loved it. And whenever at work I had the option of going for the two, I would always go for a Mac just because the terminal. And that's what my buddy was asking me to test on my old job. I was like, it's it's not that. I was like, if they fix this, I will gladly hand in my Mac. After testing the, the Windows subsystem after its refresh, like it's not bad. It's really not that bad. Especially if you have a Windows machine and you want to get into Linux and you've never done Linux, this is, you have no excuse now not to try this. You have Ubuntu, you have Kali Linux, and I think you even have Suzy. I wouldn't go with Suzy. If you're learning, I would just stick with Ubuntu and Kali Linux. I think those two would definitely set you up for success. Suzy Linux is a bit more unique especially with its command structures if you learn ubuntu and kali linux you're pretty much in a good place for success a lot of organizations that i've been to their main three linux flavors are debian centos and rel now obviously centos is the free version of rel and that's why people would always go with centos because it's free and free is always better but RHEL is like the creme de la creme of like Linux. But anyways, that's why also you don't see RHEL 
as an offering for this because you need a license. Uh, Ubuntu and Kali Linux is open source and it's free. So that's another reason why they're offering that. You know, so it's it's very easy to set up. It's very easy to to update and patch. And if I had an option of going from, you know, they if I'm at my job now and they say, hey, we'll give you a Windows machine with a Ubuntu subsystem on it, or a Mac, honestly, depending on the hardware of the of the Windows machine, I might go Windows. I'm shocked to say this myself, but it's really not that bad. It's it's pretty solid. So just as a test for myself and as I was setting up my ad blocker, I used it as a jump kind of to go as SSH into my Raspberry Pi. I used it to kind of just just grab some packages i use it to install like ansible onto the ubuntu box just to play around with it it's not bad it's it's really good now the only downside of it is you can't really integrate the two together so i can't really open a file like i would on my windows machine through the the ubuntu terminal which kind of makes sense right but it's not a deal breaker and I could kind of like get around with it if I'm like trying to upload files to our Git repo rather than just doing it onto my Windows machine and using, I don't know, freaking Git bash. Don't get me wrong. Git bash is okay. But those of you who have used it, tell me yourselves that it doesn't have the full functionality of Linux. It, it does its job, right? Slapping away my keyboard, I'm like, oh God, that's right. This isn't a real terminal. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a knockoff. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like when you're in New York and you have those street vendors selling you those knockoff like name brand products. Like you see those like fake Gucci and like the Ray-Bans and all the things like that. I'm being mean about the product, I know. But again, it's it's really smooth. It's really nice. If you guys are really interested in it, I would say go on YouTube or just Google how to install Windows 11 uh, WSL or how to install Windows subsystem for Linux. There's a plethora of instructions out there. It's not that difficult. I was up and running in like in an hour installing it and getting the, the Ubuntu VM. I, I call it VM, uh, off of the marketplace. It was just so smooth. So simple. It's not bad. Good job guys. Those of you who haven't tried it, definitely install it and check it out. I think it's I think it's pretty solid. I, I've read some other articles and reviews. Some people didn't like it. You just gotta kind of have your expectations set, right? Like you're not, don't expect a full blown Linux server off of this. It's it's literally, you're getting a out of the box, easy to use Linux system that is on your Windows machine. So as long as you have that in the back, back of your mind as you go into this, it's not bad. But if you're expecting a full-blown Linux machine to kind of what you're used to from, you know, if you if you have a very fancy home setup or from what you're used to at work, then yeah, this is going to be a little disappointing. Let's be honest with ourselves. Or if you're new and you, you're trying to get your feet wet or you're just trying to get into Linux, there you go. Perfect way to explore, perfect way to break things, to learn, to test, and it won't impact your actual system. Because guess what? You break the machine. Oh wow! You just no, you just uninstall the thing and delete the files and reinstall it. It's not, it's not that, it's not like that hard. 
I think this literally opens the, the, the way for others to get into Linux and other things. I think it's an awesome way because in the past, I remember when I was in college and we were setting up virtual machines, a lot of people had difficulty with that. And I always found that a little um, interesting because it wasn't even that difficult as long as you follow the prompt, right? Like you grab the ISO, then you uh, just kind of follow the prompt and give it the volume settings and, and storage and all that jazz. And then you just do the drivers and then you would bridge the Wi-Fi connection so it, it has internet access. Some people just didn't uh, found a little challenging and that's okay. And that's what kind of like deterred them from even learning a new operating system, a new Linux. Because Linux, again, my strongest opinion is what you need in DevOps and it's, that skill set will get you far. But that's going to be it for this week. So definitely try it out and let me know what you guys think. You guys always reach out to me either on my email, level99podcast.outlook.com, or you guys can leave me a cool voicemail on anchor.fm level99, and there's going to be a message option there. As always, everyone, thanks for listening. And please share out the podcast to anyone you guys might think might be interested in. Until next week, folks. Take care.